Hey, this is Don Nyam, a.k.a. Stingray, from the movie Undefeatable, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. When a bank teller overhears a dastardly plot to assassinate a public figure, he gets caught up in a web of deceit and is forced into hiding and studying with the Wing Chun master. But will his training be enough to prevent the town from falling into chaos? Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita, and in this episode, we come out to play with Warriors 2. Warriors 2 is a 1978 Golden Harvest film written and directed by Sammo Hung, who also co-stars in the film alongside Brian Beardy Lung, Casanova Wong, and Fung Hark On. Beardy plays the character of the real-life historical figure Lung Jan, a well-known early practitioner of Wing Chun. Now, Mr. Jan was an herbal doctor from the town of Foshan, but apparently, legend has it that his Wing Chun was so good that he took on over 300 challengers and remained undefeated regardless of what martial arts style was thrown his way. This reputation earned Mr. Jan from Foshan the nickname of King of Wing Chun Fist. Warriors 2 is considered one of the best martial arts films to accurately portray Wing Chun Kung Fu. I'll have to take Wikipedia's word for that because personally... I couldn't tell Wing Chun from Wang Chung. The movie opens up with Beardy as Lung Jan practicing in a serene bamboo forest. There's a soft mist rolling across the ground and the English dub voiceover is recounting the history and origin of the art of Wing Chun. There are many different schools of Kung Fu, each style holding its own secrets. One of the best known schools is that of Wing Chun. Started by a Shaolin nun who named the school after one of her students, Yen Wing Chun. It was Yen Wing Chun who took the knowledge of Wing Chun and passed it on to her husband, Liang Po Chao. Since that time, the knowledge of Wing Chun has been passed down to a select few. These few have kept Wing Chun alive. They are the masters of this deadly art. Liang Zhan is one of these few men who hold the secrets of Wing Chun. He is the fourth generation master. A bone specialist by trade, he has earned the title Master John in the small town of Foshan where he lives. He is a peaceful man who has no wish to fight and kill. But there are many evil men in this world, and sometimes there is no choice but to fight to the death. The voiceover continues as it introduces Chan Hua, known in this version as Chan the Bank, because of his line of work. Chan Hua has always wanted to master Kung Fu, but getting into the best schools was tough. This sets up the unfortunate circumstances that may just get Chan the Bank his wish granted. We get to watch Casanova Wong show off some of his amazing skills, particularly his ridiculous kicking prowess. Wong is actually a Korean actor and martial artist who specialized in Taekwondo, and was famous in his hometown for his leg fighting skills. The Republic of South Korea Army knew him as the Human Tornado for his spinning kicks, some of which he gets to display in this film. There's a beautiful opening title screenshot as Mr. Jan and Chan the Bank leap in from either side of the screen and the slow-mo freeze frame captures both actors in mid-leap as the title credits roll. When the fighters land, we get the opening credits as Master and Student face off for a Wing Chun sparring match. This is a beautifully choreographed and artfully shot sequence where both men display what I assume to be authentic Wing Chun moves. There's lots of grappling and close-range hand fighting and Chan the Bank gets to toss out a few impressive kicks as well. The strikes are punctuated by more slow-mo freeze frames, which amps the drama factor a notch. 
I'm always impressed by Beardy, here's Mr. Jan, because for as much as this film is recognized for its true depiction of Wing Chun, Beardy had zero formal martial arts training. All credit to the fight choreographers in this film because Beardy had a knack for imitating everything he was shown for the action sequences, and he pulls off every move like it had years of practice behind it. We cut to an open market area where Sammo Hung, referred to as Fatty or Porky, is selling pork buns, and as per the comic relief that Sammo brings to most of his roles, he proves to be a terrible salesman because he usually winds up eating all the profits. Literally. Wow! I'm not kidding, these are great! The best I've ever made! Mm. To further emphasize just how bad a salesman he is, he gets conned out of his entire inventory by two conmen, one of whom sports the most hilariously offensive stereotypical set of buck teeth. I'll post a screen cap to my Twitter so you can marvel at this guy's dental fuster clock. Despite his bumbling, Porky is a level 3 student of Mr. Jan's Wing Chun school, and that will definitely come in handy later. Meanwhile, at a tea house, the three main baddies of the movie and their four henchmen are sitting down for a meal. The four henchmen try to take an empty table that's been reserved for Master Jan. They rough up the waiter a little, but Master Jan and his niece Phoenix arrive and step in. Being a man of peace, Master Jan tells Phoenix to let them have the table. Phoenix obliges, but as she leaves, she kicks out the bench from under the thug who takes her spot. The thugs, of course, react with their swords drawn, but the three main baddies, one of which is played by Lee Hoi San, jump in, and perhaps out of respect for Master Jan, actually try to put things into perspective. Put your swords away. We're not here to fight. We catch up with Porky as he's chatting with Chan the Bank, or Cashier Wa as he's also known, in a little bit of a comedic break where the two discuss a way for Fatty to stop getting conned out of the goods he sells. Later, while lugging this new cargo, one of the con men try to get a sneak peek at the goods, only to find that Porky's new product is fresh crap. Not sure what the market was for crap at the time, but apparently it was enough to need people to carry it around door to door. Meanwhile, back at the bank... Hey boss, we thought you were dead. It was a real surprise to get your letter. We get introduced to Mr. Mo, the head of the bank, played by Fung Hark On. Mr. Mo, an elderly, decrepit-looking old coot, established this bank with the ill-gotten gains from other jobs that he and his gang have pulled through the years. His goons, Iron, Thunder, and Tiger, are eager to split the money, but Mr. Mo has other, less short-sighted plans. And what plan is that? <laughs> Soon this whole town will be ours. Unbeknownst to the gang, Chan the Bank has returned to settle up some of the day's receipts when he happens to overhear the sordid details of Mr. Moe's plan. Killing the mayor will be easy. Simple. In order for my plan to work, it must look like an accident. No one must suspect we murdered the mayor. A shocked Chan hurries over to the mayor's residence and tries to warn him of the plot on his life. Instead, he's met by the mayor's sniveling assistant, Chu, played by perennial comedic punching bag, Dean Sheck. Instead of warning the mayor right away, Chu suggests that Chan meet him and the mayor at a secluded river house the next day to discuss their next steps. If you suspected that this might be a trap, drink! At the river house, Chan is met by the Weasley Chu. A bank teller could never understand such carefully laid plans. But you almost ruined everything. You're babbling, and I don't like the sound of it. What's your game? My game? <laughs> Fight scene. Chan is ambushed by Mr. Moe's goon squad, and things look bad for Chan early. He first faces off against Thunder, who also seems to be a kicking specialist. Castanova Wong and Thunder unleash a thrilling barrage of high kicks at one another as a setup to a big brawl. 
The four swordsmen leap into the fray and do their best to cut Chan down. Somehow, all they manage to do is cut away Chan's shirt for a Captain Kirk-esque bear torso battle against the swordsmen. Interestingly, one of the swordsmen is credited as Lam Ching Ying, who would go on to become a director in his own right with the wonderfully hilarious Mr. Vampire. I mentioned this for a reason, I promise. Chan has an amazing kick sequence against one swordsman where he is on one leg for what seems an eternity, as he kicks his way up and down his foe before finishing him off without ever needing that other leg. Iron, played by Lee Hoi San, is up next and as per his namesake, seems to be able to take a lot of direct punishment without being affected. He and Chan trade blows, but Chan comes out worse for the wear because even his kicks have no effect on Iron. Tiger steps up next with his spear and adds to Chan's misery. With the full weight of the seven charging at him, Chan thinks it's best to beat a hasty retreat. Cutting through the forest, he emerges at the edge of the village where he happens to be met by Porky, who throws him on his shoulders and carries him into hiding. With the goons giving chase, Porky spirits Chan away to his master's place. Luckily, his master happens to be the herbal doctor and king of Wing Chun Fist himself, Master Jan from Foshan. At a summit with Mr. Mo, the bad guys hash out their plan to eliminate Chan, who is now a real threat to their plans for achieving low-level provincial political power. Mr. Mo suggests using Chan's mother to draw him out. Back at Master Jan's, Chan is thinking the same thing and asks Porky to check on his mom for him. At Chan's mother's home, Porky arrives at a grisly scene. The whiny Mr. Chu is there explaining what happened to the mayor himself. What happened here? Well, it's not entirely clear. It looks like a botched robbery. They broke in and then killed the woman. So your buddy just asked you to check on his mom and you found out she was killed, most likely by thugs you witnessed at the scene of the crime. When you get back to your buddy and he asks you how his mom is, you A, lie to spare his feelings while he recovers, or B, tell him the brutal honest truth because he's your friend and he deserves to know. Barky? Did you see her? I sure did. She's fine. Probo! Sushi Jackknife is a weekly show about depressed children's characters, dead soul of my mother that lives in the moon, and uh... <laughs> and apathetic Jorge shook his head no and walked off. Christmas Tuba Man. You've been brought here on a mission of the most high import Tuba Man. Planets of Miserable Slugs. So on this giant slug planet, I can't get over this idea. Giant slug planet. I, I, I really... There's one musical slug, just one? Just one. Just one? Yeah. And do his song for me and he day? And he just... He only plays it to torment the other slug. Super Bananas from the past. He's a super banana from the past. He's from the past. He went to the future, but he's from the past. Walmart haiku. At last, dreams come true. Bullets, hot pockets, nose spray. All in the same place. <laughs> Original games. Number two. Yes. Who said it? Garrison Keeler or Lil Wayne. Uh-huh. A girl in a bikini is like having a loaded pistol on your coffee table. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's hard to stop thinking about it. But that's Lil Wayne. No, dude. It's Garrison Keeler. Sushi Jackknife is over 50 episodes strong and as binge-worthy as The Vicar of Dibley. No one knows what that is. You're, you're right. I mean... No one knows. I mean, I know what it is. Is it necessary that people know what it is? Well, I mean, you just referenced an obscure British sitcom that no one watched. I mean, I watched it. You are literally... The <laughs> the people on the show didn't watch it. Yeah. Anyway. The opening was a hymn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know about hymns. No, but... I, I, no one cares. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want, if it like comes around, like listen to Sushi Jackknife. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever the fuck else. Yeah. Yeah. We exist. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Chan entrusts Porky with his secret about the mayor and charges him to go and warn him directly. Porky takes on the mission and heads out. He runs into the mayor and his bodyguard, played here by Lao Kar Wing, and tries to explain the plot on his life. But without any actual corroborating evidence or names, he just sounds like a babbling idiot and is dismissed out of hand. As the mayor and his guard ride out, Tiger and Thunder ride behind them. The mayor rides right into a blockade manned by Iron and the Four Swordsmen. Lockhart Wing realizes that Porky wasn't so crazy after all, as he dismounts and gets ready for a little scuffle. Lockhart Wing breaks out his sword and goes up against the swordsman for a spirited clash of steel on steel. It's one on four with Lockhart Wing using his awesome moves to spin out of danger. He manages to confound the swordsman and cuts them all down with two strokes. He then squares off against Iron while the mayor goes one on one with Tiger. Iron's invulnerability to take center stage as Lockhart Wing's sword strokes land on his chest and between his legs with no damage. Iron actually locks the bodyguard's sword between his legs and breaks the blade in half. Changing tactics, the bodyguard goes with a flowing dynamic hand attack that is a flurry of jabs and gouges. It's an amazing fight with some awesome tricks and balancing acts. Lockhart Wing at one point fights from the lotus position, or for those of us with kids, crisscross applesauce, and waddles around on his knees while duking it out with Iron. He's taken a massive beating though and it isn't looking good when Thunder steps in to help finish him off. Determined not to punk out, Laokar Wing charges full on and leaps towards Thunder, who raises the leg and catches him square in the chest. We get a great long shot of the bodyguard taking the kick full on and crumpling to the ground at Thunder's feet. Thunder and Iron head out from the scene, but we never actually find out what happened to Tiger and the mayor, because eh, who needs continuity anyway, right? But the mayor is indeed missing now because Weasley Chu is holding a meeting, but the mayor is nowhere to be seen. Well, we can't proceed without him. Ah, that's not so. All of you are aware of the rule of law here. If the mayor is absent, we are required to elect a substitute. Hmm? Chu, of course, endorses Mr. Mo, which is met with unanimously positive murmuring. Meanwhile, Chan has healed up enough so that he wants to go see his mom and make sure she's safe. So now Porky has to reveal to Chan that his mother's already dead. This, of course, lights a fire under Chan, and all he wants is revenge. Porky, however, won't let him go as he knows he's not ready to take on Mr. Moe and his thugs alone. Don't be so foolish. You were lucky to escape with your life last time. Here, Porky gets to show off some of his formidable Wing Chun as he holds a raging Chan back with a nifty move that locks his leg in place and exposes Chan's chest for a clean strike. Instead of a rash decision, Porky offers an alternative. You need more training. My master can help. When word gets to the bad guys that Chan is with Mr. Jan, Mr. Mo is concerned that they've made a powerful enemy. Chu advocates, quote, convincing Master Jan to see their way, so Iron and Thunder head over to Master Jan's favorite tea house and try to persuade him to hand Chan over to them, without any fuss or bother. Master Jan, of course, flat out denies them. I'll not be releasing him until he's fully recovered. Well, it's just... Simple medical ethics. Fight scene. Disappointed at Master Jan's decision, Thunder tries to throw a hard kick under the table into Master Jan's groin, but he's too quick for him. The duo try to gang up on Master Jan, but he's too aware of how they move and avoids everything they throw at him. Beardy does a great job here of showing off the nobility and control of Master Jan, especially compared to the reckless and brutish movements of Iron and Thunder. He steps lightly and simply, and even uses one enemy to stave off the other. After throwing the goons back a bit, they regroup for another attack when Mr. Mo shows up. Who the hell are you? How dare you behave like this? The ruse doesn't fool the observant Master Jan, though. They take orders from him. He's as bad as they are. Later, back at Master Jan's, Chan the Bank is being given the green light to go home. He pleads with Master Jan to take him on as his student, but Master Jan is reluctant due to the overwhelming bloodlust for revenge that he senses in Chan. Your heart is filled with anger. You're only interested in seeking revenge. That's not the goal of Kung Fu. 
and I will not help you achieve it. Much to his chagrin, Chan is denied acceptance, but Porky isn't done with his plans. He and Chan concoct a ruse where Porky takes him on as his student, and the shenanigans begin. Alright, what is this? <laughs> master, you wouldn't take him on, so I decided I'd teach him. Just look, I'm his master now. <laughs> Porky then begins teaching him the most ridiculous perversions of Wing Chun with things like crazy horse stance and the powerful spoon and fork combination. Throughout all of this, Master Jan looks on with serious Ajita building on his face. He finally can't stomach it anymore and stops Porky from going on any further. You're making a mockery of the sacred art of the Wing Chun style. Master Jan steps in and shows Chan how it's done, and after a quick flurry, Master Jan gets put into a position where he will either accept a cup of tea from Chan and take him on as his student, or reject the cup and send Chan away. The camera holds and lingers on Beardy with his hand poised over the tea as he struggles with his decision. With Chan looking on pleadingly, Master Jan takes the cup. What follows is an extended training sequence that covers Wing Chun from its very beginning moves, known as Small Thoughts, and on to the fully developed art. Beardy and Casanova Wong are a fantastic master and student combo, with Beardy instructing Casanova through the various stages of training. These are the basic principles of the Wing Chun style. You must master every one of them. Attack me! The first stage shows us a lot of close quarter grappling and striking with such moves as the running hammer and the flying dragon, which is basically a boot up your butt, which Casanova Wong mugs up with a tight cheat clench walk after riding said dragon. Again, all of this looks real to me, but for this film to be recognized as an authentic representation of Wing Chun, it's got to be pretty special indeed. In another sequence, Porky is asked to spar with Chan as Master Jan looks on. The pair go at it, and as portly as Sammo Hung is, his moves are lightning quick, which makes him so much fun to watch. Porky gets Chan in an armbar, which Chan is unable to break. Master Jan surreptitiously jabs a pin into Chan's back, forcing him to explode from the armbar with a powerful punch that sends Porky reeling. You defeated him by using startled force. Now combine that with power and speed. If your enemy is at a close range, your fighting power will be as strong as at a distance. Training continues with kicking drills, dummy work, balance exercises, and so on, with Chan struggling to keep up with Master Jan's speed and quickness. The training moves to an ancient Chinese version of the X-Men Danger Room, where two practice dummies are on rails that converge on a student when released. Chan learns to stop the dummy's momentum and turn it against them. When Master Jan ups the ante and releases them both at the same time, Chan finds himself in an uncomfortable split with Master Jan's foot in his back and a hard lesson learned. Are you afraid of what goes bump in the night? Have you or your friends ever pondered a conspiracy? Do you want to know more about the unknown? If so, then put on your tinfoil hat, sit down, and pick up your computer, tablet, or phone. Go to iTunes or YouTube and search for Secret Transmission Podcast and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Follow us on Twitter for updates on shows. At Secret Trans Pod. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Or you can email us suggestions at secrettransmission at hotmail.com. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at hotmail.com. There's lots of sparring between the two as master and student go through the motions, and over time, Chan seems to be getting the hang of things. But now, in an apparent contradiction of his stance from earlier, Master Jan instructs Chan to focus on one thing when he trains. Your biggest weakness is concentration. You must remember, when you enter this corridor to train, your thoughts must be clear of all distractions. You must only think of one thing. Revenge! Wait, what? 
In another comedic break, the next training sequence pits Porky against another fellow student, but with both combatants blindfolded. This is a fun and lighthearted sparring session with both fighters focusing on using their ears to find their opponents. When they do connect, it's a brilliant display of anticipation and counter-striking. To keep things light, Sammo Hung plays up the comedy and cheats by lifting his blindfold to antagonize his foe and egg him on. I gotta say that the first time Hung winds up and full face slaps his blindfolded sparring partner, I belly laughed for a good minute. What does that say about me? There are weaknesses to every style. There is no armor that cannot be broken or disabled. Even the seemingly invincible enemy has a weak spot. Next up, Master Jan emphasizes using the body's pressure points to disable any armor that an enemy might be using. This leads into a demonstration of the six and a half point staff, named not for its use as a euphemism for certain body parts, but for its positioning of a staff during an attack. Beardy shows off his weapons handling as they move to staff training, which tries to teach Chan to harness speed, power, and accuracy into one attack. To show mastery of this skill, Master Jan tosses out a seed which must be cracked with one staff strike. Chan's attempts often send the seed flying, as opposed to Master Jan's strike which splits the seed evenly. Eventually, Chan gets this down pat which pleases Master Jan. Next, Master Jan tries to teach Chan the Kung Fu equivalent of the Wayne Gretzky adage, I skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it's been. By trying to strike a swinging pendulum through a ring, Chan is learning anticipation of momentum and precise strikes. Meanwhile, Mr. Mo is growing more and more concerned that Master Jan is a real threat to him now. The Weasley Chu warns him that if they were to start a beef with Master Chan, he'd be able to withstand the heat with his Kung Fu mastery. Mr. Mo, however, looks at another angle. But he's human, and he has habits, and those habits are his weakness. They will destroy him, master or no master. One of those habits is Master Jan's favorite tea house, which is where we catch up with him as he's settling in for some morning tea. As he sits down, Mr. Moe's goons emerge and spring a trap. They send a beggar up to distract him, and as he reaches for some coins to toss to the poor guy, he pulls out two short daggers and plunges them into Master Jan's back. The goons collapse the floorboards, sending Master Jan crashing to the floor below. Fight scene. Even wounded, Master Jan is a formidable foe. About a dozen henchmen take turns getting grappled and slapped around while Master Jan struggles to keep it together. The wounds start to take their toll on him. Everything that Master Jan has been teaching Chan now comes into practice as he takes out thug after thug with now recognizable moves. Tiger and his spear go after Master Jan which results in a quick battle against the tabletop before a truly bizarre weapon is entered into the mix. From off screen, a thug throws a bear trap. Yes, a bear trap. Big snapping serrated teeth and all. Now, now hold on. What henchman out there in his henchman house and his henchman weapons room stands there and goes, hmm... Okay, I think tonight I'm going to bring the daggers. Yeah, it's good. And and the sawed-off shotgun for concealment. Yeah, and uh, let me see. Ah, uh, yeah, the big old honking bear trap. In any case, it works because as Master Jan lands from a leap, he steps right into the trap, which clamps down angrily on his leg. Thunder steps into the fight now and tries his hand at beating on the guy with two holes in his back and a bear trap on his leg. But he doesn't do so well at first either. Master Jan continues the clinical beatdown of his enemies, but slowly starts to succumb to the wounds. Sitting against the wall, Master Jan continues to put a smackdown against anyone who steps to him. Only after pulling him off the wall and ganging up on him with a table and wine jugs, does the mob get what they came for. There's a brutal freeze frame at the end of this fight as Master Jan is clearly dying. In it, several thugs are caught in midair as they're diving at a prone and bloody Master Jan. The three baddies immediately take the body and drop it off at Master Jan's school. He's dead. And you're all about to join him. Master Jan's students square off against the Mo Squad and make short work of the front line. When Iron, Thunder, and Tiger get involved, 
Things turned dark for the students quickly. Porky, Phoenix, and Chan are busy with their foes, but Porky realizes that they're outgunned. Phoenix Master couldn't beat them, so how can we? We run for it! Take Chan and run! Left alone, Porky covers his face in blood and comedically fakes his own death. In the meantime, Mr. Moe has been elected mayor while Porky, Chan, and Phoenix rendezvous to figure out what their next steps are. They decide that they have to attack the three warriors individually. Phoenix, you will face Tiger. Your sword will even the odds. Uh, Porky, use the sticky hand technique against Thunder. I'll use my staff. And take out Iron. At a party that evening, Porky mistakenly IDs Tiger as Thunder and calls him out. Thunder! I'm Tiger. You've got the wrong man. That mistake will cost you your life. Fight scene. Sammo Hung puts on a thrilling display of speed and skill as he dodges and weaves through Tiger's spear. In one scene, he flips off of a balcony and onto a table below, shattering in it. The fight moves to a baker station where Porky throws flour at Tiger, painting his face white. Remembering his last sparring session, Porky lures the Tiger into the bamboo forest where it's dark and thick. The limited sight gives Porky a slight advantage as Tiger stumbles his way through the wood. Catching Tiger off guard, Porky pulls a Mike Tyson and chomps his ear off while disarming him. Now with both fighters stumbling around, Porky manages to grab hold of Tiger and proceeds to furiously and viciously beat him to death. Meanwhile, Phoenix and Chan are cornered by Iron and Thunder as Chan realizes that Porky went after the wrong guy. Chan squares off against Thunder and applies all the Wing Chun training he's received to give Thunder serious trouble. The brutal kicks are rendered pretty powerless with Chan anticipating encountering them at will. Chan manages to lock Thunder's leg between his own and proceeds to systematically break him down, literally. He snaps his arm, caves in his chest, and delivers a final crushing blow all while he's locked in place by Chan. The kill shot sends Thunder backwards and is captured in a long shot of his lifeless body arched backwards, held up only by Chan's charity. When he releases his leg, Thunder crumples to the ground. Phoenix, meanwhile, is having trouble with Iron as she can't break his armor. Chan joins the fight, and calling upon the pressure point studies, he begins to attack the different points on Iron's body and slowly wears him down. Chu stumbles upon the fight with two more henchmen and sends them after Phoenix. It's a sword battle extravaganza as Phoenix and the twins let their butterfly swords fly at will. Phoenix, unfortunately, isn't equipped to fight against two sword masters and gets run through very quickly. Porky arrives too late and has to engage the swordsman himself. Sammo Hung again proves why he's such a popular action star as he shows off amazing weapons handling against the swordsman. Though having to pull his swords from Phoenix's dead body to arm himself was a little on the messed up but necessary side of the spectrum. Mr. Mo arrives on the scene with Chu in tow just as Chan is taking out Iron with more of his newly mastered Wing Chun. And here, Chan makes a final important revelation. Boss Mo knows Kung Fu. Final fight. Keeping the comedic elements intact, Chu opts to tackle Porky, and Dean Check does a fantastic job giving Chu a hitchy, herky-jerky style of walking that translates into his kung fu. Throughout this fight, Chu wails like a cat in heat, and is mostly ineffective against Porky. Meanwhile, Mr. Mo reveals his true self to Chan by removing his old man face mask and showing his vampiric young face beneath. Now, remember my reference to Mr. Vampire earlier? I threw that in there not just because of Lam Ching Ying's appearance in this movie, but also because when I remember the first time I saw this film and saw this scene, I remember thinking that Mr. Mo was some kind of vampire, especially because of some of the creepy fighting you'll see in this battle. Mr. Mo literally glides towards Chan and attacks him using a praying mantic style of kung fu. 
The creepy sound effects serve to enhance the creep factor, especially when Mr. Mo leans forward at an impossible angle to pose for his attack. He then follows this up with a legitimately disturbing walk on his upturned hands the way a mantis would. Mr. Mo does most of his fighting from the floor, and in a bit of wire foo, launches himself through the air at Chan, hitting square in the chest. Meanwhile, Porky and Chu continue their absolutely ridiculous fight with lots of leapfrog and exaggerated spinning and nonsense fighting. Chu winds up wetting himself after a particularly savage beating from Porky. Mo and Chan continue to trade blows until Porky jumps into the fight. The two-on-one eventually manages to wear down a brilliant Fung Hark on in this extensive final fight scene. Porky and Chan decide to alter their strategy just a bit and go in together to try and take the Mantis down. Porky gets momentarily taken out of the fight, and Chan finds himself locked up with Mr. Mo. Seeing an opportunity, Porky grabs a hairpin from the dead phoenix next to him and stabs Chan in the back, unleashing that startled force. That's enough to start turning the tide as Chan moves in and presses his advantage against Mr. Mo. In an awesome slow-motion finale, Chan uses the same move that Master Jan taught him in a training sequence to take out Mr. Mo once and for all. Do you long for the good old Saturdays? filled with morning cartoons and sugary cereal. How about the lazy days? Just vegging in front of the telly all afternoon. Well, I do, and that's why Saturday Morning Pajamas was created. Tune in every Wednesday and Saturday for a good old dose of nostalgia, B-movies, and the latest cinematic hits. Check us out at www.nonoms.net. That's www.nonoms.net. This is one of those movies where the action slowly builds up and all the training actually falls into place because the end fight leaves you tired and wanting more. Find this movie on iTunes or Google Play and give it a view because it's a hell of a ride. Okay gang, that's going to do it for this week because I have to turn right around and prepare for next week's show because this one is so damn late. As always, hit me up on Twitter at Kung Fu Drive-In, same on Instagram or on Facebook, or just drop me an email at KungFuDriveIn at gmail.com. Until next week, Poison Clan, peace. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws I see the iron fisted bunk upon the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless idea they're roaming over the lands Yeah, the little bitch soldier is older than wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars, then pass, hear the applause Not the end back kicks, will defeat the outlaws Very good, but more don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jet Li's even faster Bitch had a little drink Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie Chung is finer Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies Will the hero we survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all to so stand back You place the black magic On the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Walk to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! 
this time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time and giant account on the TikTok The Shogun assassin slash your blood is just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor and the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless, unleashed The fist of legend that the car jelly I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war So smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a